ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to an especially non-inflammatory episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. And uh, you've never heard that word uh, leave my mouth before, have you? (laughs) Probably not, but I am very glad to be here with you and to not use inflammatory language or talk about inflammatory things. Although we can talk about inflammatory spells such as, um, you know, fireball. Mm. I, I was actually just thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, that I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a classic. Right? Yeah. I mean, what better way to use bat guano? I exit. I, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, I guess there's fire storm. I mean, I guess that's, that's fire storm is just like better. It's just like fireball with more steps. Yeah, but also they're bigger, right? Well, but what about delayed blast fireball? That one, that one doesn't get enough play. That one is freaking cool. Delayed blast. I mean, because then you you set the delay, and then you basically get to do the action hero, you know, slow motion walk away with the explosion in the background, right? Cool guys don't look at explosions, right? But it's also like setup burst damage that you can't react to. Well, if you want to be all mechanical about it, <laughs> I do. I want to be ah. mechanical about it. What is up with all of these emotions in role playing games? What if what if we just got back to what they're really all about, which is obviously damage numbers? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have a comeback for that. I mean, one time I finished a quest and the DM was like, you gained a friend. And I was like, that doesn't sound like plus one to my attack bonus. And I never played again. <laughs> yes you did yes i did you came I back several times in a row absolutely and, uh, but magic and items are rapid. also cool <laughs> ah yeah but like okay so that's why i gave you one that screams <laughs> but now i get and i used it finally i finally got you to did. use it none of my gms like lately want to give me like just a straight up magic item there's also but that go that goes along with it Mm. You know, there's always I got a crossbow that yells at me. Uh, and that was I feel like there's a lot of yelling magic items that are going that on. are going around. I got a horn of Valhalla that I can't control at all. You, 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 no matter what, there's another loud. I What is this? What's happening? I know it's just there's like a theme. Um, man, back in the day, I used to have a dwarven thrower. That thing was the bee's Ooh. knees. I loved it. It also broke knees all the time. It did. And other things. I loved it. It was, you Could got you to, you got to feel like four. Shop? You're just like chucking a hammer at people and it was coming back to you. You know, it's, that's always the best. The thing was nothing, amazing. Nothing is quite, uh, quite like a thrown thing that comes back to you. <laughs> like speaking of uh, uh, magic items that you love. Uh, I got rid of all of yours yesterday. Well, not not just those. You got rid of the mundane stuff, too. <laughs> like sure you did. scrapped everything. Yes, I did. Uh, I did it that I I was going through my inventory and just hitting the <laughs> trash can button <laughs> one line after the next. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was just going full Marie Kondo decluttering the crap out of my character sheet. And uh, it. It 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 wasn't bringing me lots of joy. Uh, it was kind. It it was sparking uh, the, the opposite feelings. feeling. Yeah, massive amounts of loss. Um, <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at my uh, my yeah. s- special armor that I was given by a god. That was gone. Uh, magic uh, magic wand of wonder. Uh, that was gone. Um, potion of gaseous form. That was gone. Uh, crates of healing potions. Those are gone. Uh, and they're gone. They're all. They were. They were. They were all gone. So, yeah, uh, it's true. It was. I, it I was, felt like uh, you were having like a really good session. Like things were going well, and then I said that, and I could just hear the like deflation through the microphone. You were just like so crushed 
Well, I would hope that I was having a good session before that happened because you told me only like 15 minutes into the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but your character got to live. That was good. You know, it was true. He did. It was a big reset session. It is something that it was something I talked about on an earlier episode that, you know, Mm -hmm. we were planning on doing. I felt like tonally we had gotten away from what the game was about. And I think, you know, a lot of GMs hit this thing. And it, and I think it happens largely because most of the time we're only playing once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks, some only once a month. Yeah. And it can yeah. be hard to kind of keep all those details straight and to get the feeling back every single time. Yeah. And, you know, and I felt like, man, we have really gotten away from what this was supposed to be about. And I was like, we needed to have a big reset moment. And a TPK was a really good moment to do that. Well, a near TPK. We had one person survive. And through that one person's efforts, they were able to make certain sacrifices and bring everybody back. Uh, well, Which was very everybody. nice of them to do. Except for, of course, the player that said, I'd rather re-roll. And then I was like, they don't come back. They don't. So that I think that would, I think it went well. It was a chattery session, a lot of talking, a lot of setup, but mm-hmm. I think it was what the party needed. That was just, but that's just from my perspective, from, from your perspective, do you think that that went well? Honestly, I found myself thinking that it was probably in, in a weird way, probably one of the best sessions you've run in a long time. Oh. Um, I, I felt probably for the first time in a while uh, that you, you felt patient. It felt like you were much more willing this past session to just let things breathe and let the moments, whatever they may be, just exist and see how they play out, whether or not they wind up being, uh, super narratively impactful or whatever. Um, I felt like you were very willing to just let the characters do what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel rushed. Good. And at the, at the very beginning when uh, you had, you were playing the part of, uh, of a God. Uh, and you are having a dialogue with the one surviving player that you had mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and no joke. I had, I had the lights off in my shed. So the only light was coming from on monitors and I literally just sat back in my chair and closed my eyes and listened. And I, I was more immersed in that moment than I have been in a really long time. Like you both just got into your characters and you just went and it was, it, it got really deep and was really interesting. Um, and was also to that player's credit, probably some of the, some of the better RP that I've heard from, that player. Yeah. I, um, I, I mentioned that too, to them. And I, I just thought it was, yeah, definitely one of the top performances they had ever done. Probably the top, in my opinion, that I had seen. I, you know, I, I didn't want to go that far because I didn't, I didn't want to like downplay anything that they, any successful moments they've had, before, which they've had, yeah, which they have had. Um, yeah. but yeah, like I, I would agree. I hadn't found myself as impressed as I was last night. Um, previously, like it was, it was a whole other level and it was really, really good. Um, what came from him and what came from you was both top notch. And I felt like we got more and more of that as the night went on. I felt like. Honestly, I felt like all of our players, even our most quiet player, really like gave it an honest shot 
Um, and I even for a lot of the session tried to take a bit of a step back and let them just kind of breathe. And, yep. uh, you know, we had a new player, uh, who, uh, got to have their character introduced and we also had one of our other players the exceptionally quiet one he got to bring in a new character and introduce them so he uh needed some screen time and stuff and it was fun to just kind of sit back and see what they chose to do and i i got to kind of take lands of air and um play him from an angle of kind of being surprised and not having uh, realized quite what had happened. And it was, uh, it was fun to kind of have him start to kind of just put Discover. the pieces together, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I like that too, because what it ended up doing was a lot of the interaction ended up being essentially in character exposition for the new player. Right. Because as your character is discovering things there, if, you know, if he's listening, he's also picking up new things. He's learning, okay, this is what's happened in recent history. Here's some of the things about the world. Here's some things about this particular character that are important. Correct. Um, and the, a lot of the session ended up being similar to that. And what, one thing I really liked is that some of the characters made really big turns in their arcs. And it was really just through characterization, talking, just role playing, right? And did and I, you was there was there a turn uh, as far as a uh, like a a character uh, milestone or a character uh, a decision um, or characterization that was made that particularly struck you? Yeah, um, we have one player who is a ranger and the ranger is a little bit rougher around the edges, mm. uh, less approachable and had experienced like loss and failure in many ways. It kind of reminded me of like Fat Thor, you know, mm. from Endgame. By the way, I resonate so hard with Fat Thor. Like <laughs> I'll talk about that maybe another time, but. Absolutely love Fat Thor. Anyway, the he is great. You know, there was there was strong emotions. There was pain. There was even a little bit of lashing out, which at first I was mm -hmm. I was somewhat concerned about. But I I could tell Me that too. this person knew where they were going. They wanted to yeah. go somewhere with it. They just wanted to be engaged to help them. Yep. You know, cross over that threshold. You know, and say that what this person needs right now is like to be shown love and to be shown compassion like hey i and, and empathy right i get right. it what you're what you're going through and i'm so sorry that that's what's happened and i totally get it you know right and i and we're here for you that is uh really huge and i think by the end of it we're we saw growth and development and i'm hoping to see a very different version of that character in the sessions to come. Me and too. I think that'll be really good. You know, in, you know, Lanzover, your character has, has done some big changes in the past. And I'm not sure that this session was necessarily part of those big, like epiphany changes. I, I wouldn't say so, but I think that, you know, having him present there was helpful for the others to, to make those decisions. Yeah, he, you know, if anything, he his his being there uh, tends to at least leave a little bit of uh, or rather bring a little bit of levity and, um, you know, can 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 at the very least be that sort of comic relief. There were definitely um, some good comic relief moments from your character because there there was a lot of heaviness. There was some emotion. I there was even some things that were crying or or approaching, you know, those those kinds of emotions. And right. I think there was some some strong moments from your character that were funny, but not like pure bathos where you just avoid pain to oh, sure. and tell a joke, right? Like it's not 
you know, Doctor Strange's cloak, like poking him in the face after he does his like suit up moment. So I was, I was really, I was really pleased overall with the session. I I was conscientious of our new player and wondering Mm -hmm. if they were having a good time because there were, there was a lot of ground that we needed to cover. And I think that people did a pretty good job of kind of passing the ball every now and then, or making a mention. A lot of times I would have an NPC kind of do that. And and that was largely the role that I wanted my NPCs to fill was more of like a referee kind of, Hey, you yeah. should pass it now. And you should ask that person, Hey, do you know what that means? Can you explain that? One of the things that we had had done during the night is we, you guys basically had a, a night party, like a dinner, a dinner party. Right. And mm-hmm with like drinks and games and, and that sort of thing. It was a, it was a way to sort of grieve, but also to unwind and to, right. you know, think about, we had to reset what was important to the characters. And it really is the, the sort of relationships that you build up, right? Like this is what the whole mission and all the fighting is really about is about preserving what we're having right now. And I thought it was really good for that. And so I had my character, my NPCs just kind of help direct you guys around. One of the activities that was done was we played two truths and a lie. And I was really pleased that just about everybody, all their truths had come from things that had happened in the game, right? That this Mm -hmm. sounds pretty unbelievable, but it's true about me, right? And it was really fun having the new player try to guess. Yeah, what the answers were, because it was a fun way of catching that player up on things that had happened. That was really cool. So I I came away pretty pleased. And then the other part about the night I really loved was that we eulogized a a character who had died and had stayed dead. I love that. Um, When you when you first started that, uh, you basically had had the NPC go, you know, hey, does anybody want to say a word? Um, and I I remember waiting for a bit to see if anyone else would speak up, but I just decided to eventually just jump in. Um, and it it was it was really it was really great. I, I feel like when it comes to character death, and we need to have Tiana back on to uh, talk more specifically about that. But uh, when it comes to character death, I think it's very important to make sure that the, that the game and the, the remaining characters give the deceased character their due. Um, And I, I, I feel like it's probably easier for a lot of tables to basically just overlook it or hand wave it or, you know, the, the player whose character dies, you know, they just go, Oh, you know, I'll just reroll and we'll just act like nothing happened or, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, you treat it like a video game character death where it's like, ah, well, you know, let's put in another quarter and, get back to right it. exactly yeah instead of treating this like you know as much as you can like a friend died like a friend died yeah, and I mean, that's you know, huge knock on wood i've never uh experienced that you know firsthand uh thank god but you know you try to you try to put yourself in those shoes at least the best that you can yeah and i think that it was i think it was also nice to be able to do that for that player who maybe probably wasn't expecting anything like that and not only does it say something nice to that player about that player but it also says something good about your characters right Mm. when when, like if you're an audience member and you're watching that scene and you see those characters like kind of take their hats off you know, it's a, it's an endearing moment and makes you like them. It's humanizing. Yeah. 
And one thing that we really need to remember when we're telling these stories is that really big, grandiose things can happen. But we need to make sure that our feet are on the ground on some level and that yeah. we remember the human element, right? Like this is, yep. you know, just stories about us and about our experiences. And let's not forget what, what what's really important. We really right. kind of can touch and move. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, I think that's really important. I mean, I, I think those human elements to me, it's what keeps the game relatable, right? You know, I mean, I'll, a lot of people will say that they're at least when it comes to D and D their, their favorite, uh, levels are often the low levels. And I think that a lot of that, I mean, apart from the fact that that just defaults as typically if you're going to play, you start low anyway. Rare are the are the games that um, start yeah, you at a 15. high level. Yeah, although they happen. I mean, but yeah, you're right. It's it's that vulnerability. It's like both your characters like inner vulnerability, but also the fact that you could die easily. You know, right. are, are things, although high levels are certainly lethal in their own way. Oh, um, sure. But I think it's in a in, in a different way that sometimes you just kind of feel out of control. Um, yeah. So anyway, I felt like the reset button largely went off as intended. I was I was satisfied. Now we just got to kind of keep that momentum going and, right. and continue because we are going to return to Dungeons and Dragons. And we are going to do as as the game bids. But, you know, I think we had we just had lost that motivation and perspective. And, and hopefully it's back. One other small thing I'll mention before we kind of move on is um, we had a player that that uh, ended up leaving the group uh, part mm. way through. And every now and then they like to pop in and and look around and see what's going on. And during that dinner scene, when everybody was like kind of reuniting and catching up and stuff, that player mm-hmm. popped in at that moment. And I, I just, I, they kind of tickled me a little bit and I kind of messaged right. them and I said, you know, I thought it was kind of appropriate and, and cool. It was like kind of, kind of like they were there in a way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I thought that was cool too. Yeah. I did. Well, my friend, do you have a main topic for us tonight? Honestly, I was going to leave it to you. Because I know that there are often a lot of things that you have on your mind. And I have been in super crunch mode on dangerous destinations. Sure. My my brain has been a little occupied. So if you want, I'm going to throw it back to you. <laughs> Great. All righty. Uh, okay. So one thing I, I did learn this week. Uh, was during one of my my other sessions with newer players. And ah. the one thing I noticed was the desire to win this game, to beat it. Yes. Right. And I think that one really fundamental thing about role playing games is you don't you don't interface with them the same way. Right. I think that that's also a sort of a a mental stumbling block when you try to explain uh, a TTRPG, at least a typical one, to people who haven't really played them yet. Because they'll always ask, like, how do you win? And your answer is always some variation of, well, you don't. Yeah, in fact, the times when you're literally not winning can be some of the most memorable. Yes. You know, and it, and it struck me because some of the younger players, especially, but I think newer players in general, maybe no matter what age, I mean, we've all probably someone cheat a little bit, right? Oh yeah. You know, maybe you've even done it one or two times, but like for the most part, it's, it's hard to cheat on like an online version of the game, but I have had players where I see them kind of move the die or they pick it up really fast, you know, and you want to like, sometimes I call it out and sometimes I go, okay, well, what did you want to do? Like, but it's really cheating you of the, of the experience. Right. Um, Also the denial of how you should feel when you are affected, the deflection 
that yep. that can happen. So, you know, to give like a specific example, you know, one player, if I told them that they dealt damage, they were like, yes, right. And really into that and really excited. And I would describe sure. the damage and all that stuff. But if I went, but when I said you take, you know, seven damage, you know, and they're like level two, so that's not insignificant. That's you know? actually very significant. That's actually very significant. She was like, oh, well, so what? You know, kind of. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I mean, I want you to think about that, right? Your character was just mortally wounded. Like, how do you feel about that? And, you know, how are you going to react? How does that affect you? Right. And it, and it really struck me that we should not only we should not only accept when these moments happen in many ways, we should look forward to them. When you when you, when you roll that one or you get crit in the face or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, there, yeah, there is. Those are huge opportunities to create memorable and meaningful moments. And I think that even the very mm. best of us, even the very best of us. Um, we'll deny pain because it's vulnerability. And I think that sure. we will also just move on and say, oh, you know, you miss or wow. Oh, that was a big hit. Don't know what I'm going to do, guys. You know, so our topic tonight is finding fun and failure. Yeah, I think that's a really good alliteration. Well done. I love it. Finding fun and failure. It There is a, you know, we've talked about failure a little bit before, but it is just, it can be a huge moment to fail. Yep. Right. I mean, in real life, we're deeply affected by our failures. Well, in fact, the, uh, one of the, one of the biggest lessons I've learned since growing up has been the idea that, that failure as we're growing up, like we, we very quickly learn from experience that we enjoy success much more than failure because it has these sort of inherent rewards. And, you know, when you succeed, things are going your way, you know, you're getting what you wanted to get, you know, that's when you win and all that stuff. But we're conditioned to feel that failure is a shortcoming or is a basically a big flag that says you weren't enough or, you know, that you should have done something else that you had some kind of shortcoming or, uh, well, that you are a failure that, and growing up, I, I definitely have learned that, you know, making mistakes and failing while while not being uh, a situation where you're achieving a successful result, you do very often learn much more from failure and you grow much more from failure than you do from success. When you succeed, all you've learned is, okay, that that thing that I did in this specific situation worked. Okay. Well, I, I think there's a lot to be gained from success as well. I mean, I certainly don't want to say otherwise, but at the same time, I think it's maybe a little easier to deal with. We might say, yes. Um, and some people do suffer from too much success. I am not one of those people. Oh man. Oh, to have that problem. (laughs) Goodness, but you know, I I I think about dramatic moments and stories, right? Mm-hmm. When like some of the most memorable lines and moments in films come from a character's failure or having to dig down deep, right? Um, some of the villains get their absolute best lines after they've just struck a really powerful blow against a mm-hmm. hero, right? Totally. So so when like let's say that let's say that I'm like an evil warlord, right? And you're um, like a young warrior. You're an underdog. You're maybe a little bit mismatched here, but you're, but you're fighting for your life and maybe for the lives of others or your honor, something like that. A David and Goliath situation. Yeah. Kind of a David and Goliath situation. 
So in, in the David and Goliath story, David just you know rolls a 20 and then the fight's over. Right. It was a heck of a throw. It's a heck of a throw. Right. And, you know, Goliath kind of misplayed it. Okay. He was like, he, he was just sling on the map. He was just like spamming like the sit animation to like mm. disrespect. So oh, that, yes, yeah, shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. Um, so anyway, like, let's say that the, the bad guy comes over and he deals like, you know, 70% of your damage in a single hit, right? Of your hit points. Oh, and, geez. Right. You could go, oh man, that hurts. Or you could say that's OP and like be upset. Like you see that a lot. Oh, sure. Or complaining or leg, you know, <laughs> like call shenanigans, right? right? Whatever. Because we're trying to win. We're trying to beat it. Right. As opposed to being like, you know, my character clutches their chest and looks down at the blood and they remember all of the times that their father told them that they were too weak and too pathetic and all the times that they, I couldn't defend, you know, my siblings, you know, Mm. and I dig down deep and I look this villain in the eyes and I say, you know, and then insert like a great line here about how I'm, I'm never going to back down to a bully again. There you you go. Something like that. Like that can be a great moment for some, some wonderful dialogue. Right. What's something you could do if you're trying to do a big, cool thing, but then you roll a one, how can you, how how would, how could you re reframe that into a, a a moment? Oh man. So you're trying to do this big, cool thing, whatever the case may be. Let's say it's, let's say it's, um, let's say you're picking a lock, right? And you're rogue and you're sitting there and you have a really big bonus on on your check and you've even got like advanced thieves tools that are like giving you a bonus and it is a really important place to get into you you should be able to get in and you roll a one do we like the easiest thing to do is to go want want and laugh and move on right which is fine sure. you can do that of but course. let's turn that into a moment that is like important for you as the rogue. all right so i know as the rogue that getting into this place is super duper important. And we're breaking into this place. That's like Fort Knox. We know that this is a super serious challenge. And also as a rogue trying to break into this kind of place, that's this heavily secured facility breaking in, especially when it comes to like, picking locks and being sneaky. That's my thing that I'm the rogue. That's what I do. I'm all about this here, guys. Let me show you how it's done. Then then you walk up, try to do it. Yeah. And it just it doesn't freaking work. My hands are sweaty. My pick slipped. Maybe the pick broke. Who knows? But my lockpick scale scales skills have failed in a crucial moment. So first thing that goes through my head is as the rogue, I get angry and you feel that frustration like, come on, this is when it counts. And then you let in a little bit of doubt. This major failure tells you something very important that even when everything seems to be on your side, you've got advanced tools, you've got training, you've got ostensibly your buddies looking out for you so that you can work. So all you've got, it's just you and the lock and you couldn't do it. You took your skills or rather I took my skills for granted and it could teach the character oh i need to practice more or maybe i need to have a backup plan or maybe i need to to figure out like okay if this doesn't work what do i do or what 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 about like a line 
you could deliver in that moment or something that your character can go through in that moment that is like illustrative. Like, let's say we're watching this rogue in a film, right? And Mm -hmm. the rogue should be able to do it. They can't. Why? Provide a reason that explains the one. Mm. it, It might be a little bit tricky. And maybe I'm asking for something too specific, but well, I mean, the the first thing that comes to my mind is just nerves. Yeah, that could be huge, right? That's a really good answer, actually, right? Mm. Why is your character nervous? Why are they feeling that way? Because this is, it's it's his first shot at the big time. Everything, all the locks he's picked up until now have been, you know, rinky-dink stuff. Like a the lock on a goblin's, you know, foot locker is, you know, if they don't just leave it unlocked accidentally to begin with because goblins, um, you know, it's all peanuts. But now is his first time really taking a shot at something truly big league. Yeah. So this could have to do with that story of never measuring up, of never being, you know, worthy or ready Right. You know, and like you notice that my character's hands are shaking and he's sweating and he isn't breathing until like he finally stops and then he starts panting a little bit, mm. you know, and then, you know, maybe you don't even resolve it in that moment because you want to move on the scene. Right. Sure. But another player might might pick up on it and 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 ask about it and say, hey, I noticed that you're having a hard time back there. Like, what's that about? You know, right. It's like, well. Let me give you a little backstory to explain why my character felt like this was really important. And it reminds me of the time that my brother locked me in a closet and I was stuck there for three days. Oh, man. And and that was really great. Right. So like something like that, like how can I turn this into motivation as opposed to just, oh, I rolled a one. I'm really frustrated, especially if you roll like several ones in a row, which is just actually frustrating. And I totally get that. And I've been there and I don't begrudge anyone, maybe even whining a little bit at that point. But I will say that there is an opportunity here to go, why am I failing? And can this help drive my story? Can I help steer this in a way that doesn't necessarily make me win, but in a way that where I can do something interesting or provide exposition or characterization. Right. Like, you know, I, I was actually just thinking too, that, you know, you can factor in things about your character, uh, larger things. Like if you're thinking about your character's overall personality, uh, maybe this, maybe my rogue up until this point, he's been very kind of cocksure and, you know, very, uh, maybe full of himself or, you know, he, he really thought he was the bee's knees and because all he had run into were largely successes. He really thought he was the man. And then he came up against this challenge and is one of the first times he's met with, with, failure that he has a difficult time excusing or explaining away. Um, So you can have failures trigger long-term changes too, where maybe this is potentially a good thing where it's almost like the character uh, getting a piece of humble pie where yeah, that, that can really help them grow tremendously. I mean, the same thing can happen if you miss on an attack that you need to hit. Like, right. let, let's say I'm really paying attention to combat and I go in, I swing my, my weapon. I'm using like great weapon master. I'm going to, I'm like, you know, swinging for the, for the stands. Right. And for the fences, and it's just a miss. It's a miss. And not only that, but on the bad guys next turn, they knock one of your allies down to zero hit points. Oh, you didn't miss an attack. You failed to protect your friend. Right. Right. 
And that's huge. I mean, I was actually talking, since I was talking about Thor earlier, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about Fat Thor and about, you know, kind of the journey he had been on in, in the Marvel Universe. Like, right. in Infinity War, Thor spends the entire film essentially building a big hammer. And mm. like an axe hammer thing, right? And when he does it, he shows up. He's awesome with it. He's like decimating the little army of nobodies that that Thanos threw at him. Right. And then he's come to the big moment a be- in, in a dumb version of the story. He hits Thanos right in the head and the story ends. Yeah. Right. Wouldn't it be a bad movie <laughs> when that yeah. happened? Right. If if Thor succeeded and just crack Thanos right in the dome (laughs) and that was it. That's it. That's the movie, guys. So the moral of the story is if life, you know, is getting tough, get a bigger axe. Yep. I mean, (laughs) that's how I live my life. Storytelling, right? Boom. No. Thor misses. Why? Is it because, you know, maybe like if it was a D&D game, you could say, well, you rolled, you know, a hit, but it wasn't a crit, right? Or whatever. Or maybe sure. he missed and he's like, maybe the DM gave him partial success, right? And said, oh, you hit him, but he gets to take a reaction. Mm. And then he's like, well, that's not a big deal. He snaps his fingers. Hi. Oh, 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 right. Uh-oh. Now that's a lot more dramatic. And now mm-hmm. Thor is sad, but the player playing Thor is like, that couldn't have gone better. Right. Right. But in this story, Thor makes the conscious decision not to hit Thanos in the head. It is implied that he could have done it. He could have chopped off his arm. He could have done many things. Mm. Thor was in pain and he was angry and vengeful and angry at himself. Mm. And he wanted Thanos to feel that kind of suffering. He Mm. He doesn't just try to kill Thanos. He wants to hurt him. He wants him. He basically tortures him in a small way. Mm. Right. He's pushing that blade of the axe into Thanos's chest. And he's saying, I told you, you'll die for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And he takes him by the back of the head and gets in real close and delivers that line. How smug and how self-satisfied must mm-hmm. he have felt in that moment up until yeah. then. Up until the time Thanos says you should have gone for the head and snaps his fingers and destroys half the universe escapes. And Thor is almost completely responsible for failure. Mm. So then you wonder why, what, why does he go through what he goes through in the second film? Cause he could have done it and he didn't do it because he had to be petty. Yep. Right. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I really, 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 really love it. And then when they fly over and he cuts Thanos' head off, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Right? It's just empty, hollow nonsense. And uh, (laughs) what a better story. Yeah, it's way better. And (laughs) I I think, and thank you for recounting that because it's, God, it's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. This, I think, goes back to the the fundamental point of what are we doing, we as players, when we sit down to play whatever it is we're playing, whether it's D&D, World of Darkness, you know, Fate, anything, doesn't matter. When you sit down to play a tabletop role-playing game, you are not trying to win. No. You are adapting to changing situations that have changed based on things you've done. So failure is not actual failure in in a certain way. When your character doesn't, air quotes, succeed, i.e., You know, you 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 didn't score the big crit or whatever. Right. If you didn't do the thing you're trying to do, all that is is a zero instead of a one. 
and it <laughs> just sends you down a different path. It's not the end of a path. Well, there like, are th- still possibilities. You think of a Steven Seagal movie, right? Bad guys do stuff. Steven Seagal shows up and beats up everybody. The movie ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like in, in many ways, we, 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 we come here to the table and we go, I want to feel powerful because in my everyday life, I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to get that big hit off because it really makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I got to win, you know? And I mm-hmm. think that's extremely important. And you should celebrate and be happy when you do roll 20 on that die, right? Or whatever it is. And sure. success is great. It's just that when those ones come up, when those failures come up, it's, it is an opportunity, right? right? And, and it can really make those 20s that show up later on feel like they're more earned moments, right? Because when we're watching a film and we watch a character do cool stuff, it's cool. But when you watch them fail, that's when we feel... Like they're us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We want to see a character get brought down low. And, and like, they, this is something they, they're really good about doing with Thor. You know, in the first film, he loses all of his powers. He gets knocked around and like basically incapacitated several times, sometimes comically. Mm-hmm. Right. And he really, you know, gets the piss taken out of him. Right. And it's only in the moment you know, near the end where he truly humbles himself and lays down his own life that he's able to seize the hammer and, and be who he is. Right. And, and be everything that he was promised to be. Right. You know, we love Steve Rogers because in the beginning of the movie, someone's disrespectful and mean during um, a film. Right. And skinny little Steve isn't going to take that no matter what. And he takes a beating for, doing the right thing, you know, that endears us to him. Right. You know, it's just, it makes us care so that when he does a cool thing later, we're happy for him. Exactly. So we can do these things in these games. When you take a hit, feel that hit. By the way, that's also payment for your GM. Your GM is trying to present your character pain in order to, you know, overcome it, to to make you human and relatable and when you just dominate everything it actually can make people not only be unimpressed but even resent you right because in a in a small way you're almost saying i'm i'm just better right yeah. so it's cool to have power fantasies but accept accept when it doesn't go oh yeah and you know in uh classic andrew fashion um you know i think this sort of thing has has fed heavily into my, uh, especially if, if you're a longtime listener, you, you know, I, I love this philosophy and I, I want to bring this back. Is it doing the dumb thing? Do the dumb thing, baby. Sometimes you do the dumb thing unintentionally and then you can lean in. Exactly. And it's made me far less afraid to to do the dumb thing because the the secret that a lot of new players don't you know it takes a little bit for you to wrap your brain around it especially if you haven't played these kinds of games before and you've only played video games the idea being you know oh the the computer is this harsh impartial judge who is uh who doesn't care about you and is just you know if you don't play by its rules it's going to stop you into the dirt that's it, sort it of can thing. definitely be especially hard for a video game to land this yeah right but here the situation is different and if just because you fail or just because you did something dumb or whatever even if you didn't succeed, that does not equal game over here. All it all it means is that you went down the left fork of the road instead of the right fork of the road. You have you have a human person sitting in front of you driving or I don't necessarily want to say driving because everybody's driving it together, but helping to 
guide where things go. It's not like, oh, you know, you crit failed. So, all right, campaign's over, guys. You know, yeah, see you in, next in, a, time. in a big way, you're not you're not just like an actor. You're not trying to like method act and to be that part. I mean, I, I think a lot of people do approach it that way. And I'm not going to say that's necessarily bad because I've thought I haven't thought enough about this. But I guess one of the things that has kind of struck me recently is I think that players should think of themselves as co-writers of the story, like a, like almost a co-GM role, but Mm -hmm. they're only really in charge of one character. So there needs to be, you know, in this half form thought I'm putting together a, a sort of healthy distance, you know, not a way that, that doesn't allow you to be vulnerable, but like a healthy distance where it's okay that this happens to, to my precious little darling. Yeah. Because it will help them. Right. It will make things better and it will help them grow and to learn and to feel, you know, Oh, that's totally. so, that's so important to stand back and let, let your little, <laughs> your, your little darling character take a beating, you know, or, oh, yeah. not, or not land the big hit or whatever. Well, and think about this. Failure is exciting, right? It, it can be if you make it exciting because it's it's also not just the player's fault. Or I shouldn't say fault. It's not just like the player's problem to deal with. But this is also something that, you know, to kind of hit the other side of it, that GMs also need to be cognizant of. So one sure. thing I, that I really like that Spike does is partial success and failure, right? So. Yep which I think is like an optional rule in the DMG, right? If you have a player miss and you really want to hit for a certain reason, or you just want to make it more interesting, you know, you could say you, you succeed, but it is at a cost. So, okay, you hit, go ahead and roll your damage. Okay. Here's the problem. They get an instant reaction, right? They get to attack you back or now your weapon is stuck or, you know, you, um, hit too hard and you also injure your ally or whatever it is. Right. Um, these are, well, these mean, are things you can add on where something cool happens because it is boring to just say, well, you miss. Okay. Next turn. Well, with your example of, uh, you know, my character trying to pick the lock, you know, maybe, maybe he does pick the lock, but he was so shaky or so nervous or whatever that, when he picked the lock, he accidentally was loud about it. Right. So the door door opens, you get it open because you are that good. Right. But a guard inside hears, and maybe they don't see you, but they notice that the door opened. Maybe like you guys are able to get inside, but you know, you hear footsteps come in, you go lickety split. And the and the guard just notices that the door was left ajar or something where there's an addition. Failure introduces complications and excitement and tension and stuff is bolstered by surprise and having to deal with things that you didn't expect before. So when you fail, that typically comes packaged alongside the question of okay you failed now what and that answering that question Mm -hmm. is exciting maybe it can also produce anxiety and maybe that's anxiety that you don't necessarily like but i'll tell you what it ain't it's not boring no that's that's true that's true and so I think it it helps to just accept the result of the die. Yep. And let it be exciting either way in and let its unpredictability be part of the fun of telling the story. A lot of times when you have a new player, you say, what do you do? And when they attack, they'll say something like, I shoot him right in the head, right? I, I shoot him right in the eye. (laughs) And and you're like, well, go ahead and roll because the die roll is a simplified version of saying, here are all the various conditions that could exist in your battlefield, right? Some games literally quantify all this, like, okay, what's the position of the sun? 
what's the speed of the wind in the oh, area? Yeah. You at, go into you know, heavy right, war gaming, they'll go full simulation. In a D20 game, they're like, okay, just roll a 20. Because yep. if you roll a 20 and they are reduced to zero hit points, then yeah, maybe you did. You shot them right in the eye, right? right. But if you rolled you know, a 15, you scored a normal hit and you rolled low on your dice, then something different happened, right? You tried to hit him in the eye, but... And it's the not knowing whether or not you're going to succeed, which empowers the game. And that only works if failure is an option. <laughs> so because, make sure, because, kids, you always make failure an option. <laughs> yes. When someone says failure is not an option, that's not the lesson we're teaching here. We at Inspiration Point want you to be failures. Go out, be <laughs> failures, and embrace the failures in in <laughs> in your life. I feel and in yourself. I feel like this is we're gonna get, have a bunch of parents call. No, us. but it is true though. Like, because any even in real life. <laughs> You know, everybody has said at some point that failure is a great teacher. We and we know that, right? But but then we also say you can you can do anything you set your mind to. When we say that you can do anything you set your mind to, we you mean because <laughs> because there's going to be a lot of failures. There's going to be a lot of roadblocks, and the question is going to be whether or not you can keep going. Yep. Right. Well, and whether or not you can adjust and change and and go in the direction you need to, or you may come to the realization that it isn't what you want. Right. And, and many, many things can happen. But when we say you can do anything you set your mind to, there's a, just a little bit of a cop out in there, isn't there? Yeah, there totally is. You know, you can do anything you set your mind to, uh, uh unless you can't, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that goes to all kinds of different things. I mean, heck, you know, talking a little bit of inside baseball, that even is part of making a podcast. You know, mm. we we want Inspiration Point to blow up. We would love Absolutely. for this show to reach every single ear of every person who enjoys this hobby that we do. Yeah. But we also know that that's, it's just not going to happen, at least not overnight. And when we, you know, we'll look at our download numbers and we'll look at all the, you know, little analytics and things that we have and stuff. And just because we might not see a number that we particularly like or, you know, maybe we're dreaming of, you know, hitting a really big goal and it just feels far away. You know, one of the conventional bits of wisdom when it comes to podcasting or YouTube or Twitch or anything like that is just keep producing content. You just stick with it and keep going because other people are going to fall off. Other people are going to stop. And that's just another way of how we can approach failure and how we can see challenges because what a failure is, is just the, the not having overcome something that doesn't mean, you know, you're dead. Oh, I failed to, you know, pass the test that I was going to take in school. Okay. So that doesn't mean they take you out back and you never <laughs> see the sunrise again. You know, yeah. life goes on. I mean, life goes I don't on, know, but like, maybe you have really strict parents. And if you got a B on your report card, you were yeah. toast. But I I hope not. <laughs> that sounds rough. Yeah, I I think that when, when we, you know, to tie kind of both of the things we talked about tonight together. Yeah, I think when that player that was playing the Ranger, like during the rest of the campaign, I mean, this character, well, just to make it easier, her character, the character name is Elk. And when Elk would shoot with her bow, I mean, it was like a billion damage. It was amazing. It hit almost totally. all the time. You know, it very effective. The, the character was kind of hard to relate to. I could always see that there was depth there, but we just hadn't been exploring it. And 
you know, I don't think it was very endearing. You, you just right. don't endear people to you by rolling 20. Right. right. But when they had failed and felt that failure and allowed that failure to wash over them and to express how it affected them deeply. Mm. That was the most endearing moment of that character's entire journey. It always it made me, is. It made me really far more invested in that part of the story. I definitely agree. You know, and I think one of the most endearing things about your character is how sort of unassuming they typically are in where, mm. Lanzover has really gotten into the most trouble is when he's been the most hubristic hmm. when he has, you know, over relied on luck or f- felt really kind of power trippy. Mm. Usually there is, you know, pride goeth before the fall. Yeah. And it, and it's true about everybody's characters. But one thing I've always really enjoyed about Lanzover is that he is so sort of simple. Yeah. You know, and so just sort of kind and open and plain. And Mm. it's something that, that makes me root for him and allows stupid things that bring them back to life. (laughs) Cause I, cause I haven't had enough of them yet. Right. Well, I'm glad. (laughs) So even in a weird strategic way, it's all sort of worked out. So I guess just, you know, to the short and simple version of this is just to make sure that next time you roll that one, that you see it as an opportunity. The next time you take that big hit or get knocked out, oh my gosh, let getting knocked out affect you. Right? Oh man, because, and you can do so much Because if it happened in real life, stuff. it would certainly affect you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know? It would really change some things about your outlook. If If you've ever gotten hit, so hard by something that it like that you lost a second or two and you kind of came to even a couple seconds later you realize like oh that'll that'll do something to you because even an animal isn't going to keep doing the thing that hurts it over and over again nope right that's right so this is something they I know I keep talking about Avengers, but this is something they kind of touch on in Iron Man three, right? Like Tony Stark takes the rocket into the portal, right? Mm-hmm. And then he comes back like, man, that guy went through a lot. He sure know? did. And in Iron Man three, they're like, oh, he's got like PTSD. It's a big deal. Yep. And it's like, I, I'm really not a big fan of that movie. I really don't like it for the most part. But right. I do like that aspect of it. I think it was important. And then in the next couple of films, they just forget that ever happened, which is kind of too bad. You know, maybe they just didn't have time, but I didn't think that it satisfied the arc in the film to have him like get over it. They just sort of drop it after a bit. Mm. So that's kind of too bad, but it's a really good idea for, for that to, to have an effect. And certainly it happens to, to other characters. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, you know, even, uh, the last Jedi, which is certainly not in my list of favorite films, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you see, uh, um, Luke's failure dramatically affect his outlook on life. So look forward to the next time that things don't go well. Every die roll can be exciting and special and interesting. Um, if you are willing to lean into it and to give it, it's to respect the dice. You might even say you should love the dice. Love the dice. It's the secret or maybe not so secret ingredient. Let them out of jail every now and then. Give them another chance. Out of jail. But if they fail you again, you put them (laughs) right back until they learn their lesson. (laughs) Give them a stern talking to a tongue lashing, if you will. That's right. Show them the vinegar bottle. Yeah, that's right. That's Um, right. Or just paint over everything and just put a 20 on every side works right like a charm. And that's right. That's why that's why. Uh, well, no, uh, you said this would be non-inflammatory, so I will not inflammatory. I'll tell you after. <laughs> you know what? Uh, what else? Yeah. Is charming. Our patrons. Exactly. Spike, Logan, Fallon Gore, Kate. And Leroy, all of you guys are our lucky charms and we'll never let anyone steal you. 
And if you want to be just like our lucky charms, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and jump on the patron wagon. And if you hop on at the very, very reasonable level of 20 bucks, you can even get in a game with Adam and possibly even myself, uh, depending on uh, my availability. <laughs> so check if I those even get out. two more, we'll start, you know, game night just for you guys. Um, there you, you go. Know, we, we've got someone going. Uh, I've injected them into into one of my existing campaigns. But as soon as we've got three ready to go, it's, you know, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about what you want to do. There we and go. We're going to run the game you want. So and it'll be awesome. So if you want to do that, once again, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and check out what we've got to offer. At the very least, no matter what tier you back at, you will get access to our private discord community where all these neato people like to hang out and talk about nerdy stuff like we do. And, um, Apart from that, you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com, which is our website. And there you will find three little bubbles in the upper right hand corner that can take you to our Facebook, Twitter and Patreon. Uh, if you don't want to go to the trouble of uh, typing in that address. And if you're on mobile, you'll find those three little bubbles in the upper center of the screen and lastly we are trying to reach out to more people and get the word out about the show and one thing that would help us a great deal are reviews so we are asking that if you enjoy the show and want to support us even if you can't afford to join the patreon or anything like that Please take a moment and find a podcast platform that allows reviews and write us a review. Tell us what you think of the show and share what inspires you with the rest of the community to help bring other people here. So um, let's see. What's a good parting thought here? Adam, I think you had it with uh, find the fun and failure. Let those low rolls be opportunities heed the wisdom of inspiration point it's good for you <laughs> you know failure it's the uh, rpg chicken soup for your pc's soul actually that's that's actually not bad <laughs> yeah there you go it's not bad, you know? happy accidents uh, <laughs> i like I, I like it yeah just just let let your favorite looking dice out of the jail and you let you know just let them land and have fun with those numbers have fun with every single number on that little spheroid not really what do you call it polygon polyhedral right, yeah the polyhedral object there we go. in your hand the math rock math rocks and until next time y'all we love you oh so much and stay inspired. Bye bye. I'm fading out my voice. <laughs> 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 <laughs>